This is Metal Recall, episode lucky number 13. My name is Niall Hope, and I'm joined once again by Aaron Cascala. How's it going, bro? Cheers, man. I'm doing good. I didn't realize it was lucky 13. Yeah. Unlucky for some, but hopefully lucky for us. Yeah. Um, so uh, I've, I've made the decision this week, and we have been listening to Suck Out the Poison, which is a 2006 release by the band Here's Legend. Um, before we go any further, Aaron, just wanted to know um, what uh, you knew about the band before I suggested we, we do this album or whether you'd, whether you'd even heard them before. Uh, good question. Um, the, the quick answer is I've heard absolutely nothing about them except for just prior to this podcast, uh, you and I did go to a show um, in the Flatiron District and uh, <clears throat> the um, they were an opener for, uh, for the While show. She sleeps. While yeah. She Sleeps. That's right. And that was my first exposure to them. You know, the, there was like, I think, what, two or three openers? And it, like most openers, it goes from average to good to better. And then obviously the headliner, While She Sleeps. And um, although I enjoyed He Is Legend, uh, I was definitely um, a little bit confounded and confused as to what was going on because they, they, they had the Southern draw. They one minute sounded like rock, one minute they sounded like hardcore, one minute they sounded like metal. It was entertaining live, that's for sure. Um, but they had a sound that definitely um, I've never heard before. So that was my first exposure. I don't really remember much from from their from the concert of, of their sound except for that and so this was uh to be honest my first deep dive into uh what they're all about nice yeah um we like you like you mentioned we had seen them recently in support of while she sleeps and it was it was at that gig that i thought actually you know what we need to go back and listen to this band and maybe suggest an album that we do um for the podcast and the reason I chose this album in particular is that uh, Suck Out the Poison was the first album that I heard from Here's Legend, Legend and it really kind of got me into the band. And it was around a time I was kind of dabbling in quite a lot of southern tinged rock and metal. Um, that seems to be your jam. Yeah, well, it certainly was at the time. You know, I mean, we've already done Black Label Society. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of Down, but I was uh, listening to bands like Mailing and the Sons of Disaster at the time so when i when i came across this album it was really um on point with what i was into at the time and you know i just i think it, it kind of really blew me away i just thought um you know you kind of mentioned it they have quite a lot of diverse um sort of reference points and uh stylistic choices going on in their sound that it's really interesting when you hear this album it kind of really stuck with me and like i said just opened um opened the door to listening to more of Here's Legend. So I thought it might be worth giving this um, a go on the podcast, but also, you know, what I thought would be really interesting for us is that you might have come across this, but the album is, is was quite divisive when it came out at the time. Yeah, I read a little bit of that. Yeah, so their first, their first album, um, I, I, I bought that as well, and it's a little bit more, um, I wouldn't, go as far to say emo but it had a little bit of that kind of they, they certainly had more of that look it was maybe a little bit more down that road or more of a standard metalcore 
album, mm-hmm. and then you know they they um, experimented with a different style on this this album, and it's uh, I am Hollywood. I am Hollywood. Was that the first album? Yeah, that's correct. Their first album, and yeah, this one uh, really sort of started to change things. And you know, I, I did a little bit of research, and I thought this was this was quite interesting. Um, they released a song uh, called the, there was a fourth song on this album called Mushroom River. They released it ahead of the album coming out, and they did that because it was the most different to the previous album. And they actually mm-hmm. they actually reveled in a bit of that uh, negative feedback. So mm-hmm. they're clearly a band that kind of just does what they want and they don't really care about the the backlash yeah and um i think a lot of the the change in the sound um came through the 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 vocalists um style yeah that was my research as well um and uh, his name is skylar Kroom, which is quite an interesting name but yeah. it, um he said that touring constantly smoking constantly and drinking occasionally are going to have effects on your voice while you eat for breakfast <laughs> What you eat for breakfast will also affect your voice. Yeah. Some of the change um, came from him wanting to do something with more character, and it was part of his natural voice changing. Yeah. So um, I thought for that reason alone, like we're, it's it's quite a nice album for us to 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 look at. Um, but maybe I'll just give you because you you mentioned you weren't that familiar with them. I'll just give you a quick rundown of of who they are. Um, yeah. They are a an American. American metal band from Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, and the lineup is, consists of Skylar Kroom on vocals, guitarist Adam Tanbaus, bassist Matt Williams, and drummer Jesse Shelley. Um, on the album that we've been listening to, Suck Out the Poison, they were joined by Mackenzie Bell on rhythm guitar, and Steve Bash was on drums, not uh, Jesse Shelley. Now they've got, you know, we mentioned this before, in terms of genres, they've got quite a few that... Um, that are kind of uh, thrown into the mix. Oh boy, uh, do they have uh, quite a few. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you, um, you know, the Wikipedia classes them as a rock band. Would you say they're more of a rock band than a metal band or would you say the opposite is true? Um, I would agree 100% that they're more of a rock band with, t- with tinges and hints of uh, metal. Yeah, I think you might be right. I mean, I I think that that's just my opinion. Yeah, I I think um, the reason why I wouldn't go as far as to say that they're fully a rock band is that there's some really heavy moments on this album that I think sort of, like you said, they stray more into the the metal um, scene. Um, But, you know, they're classified as hard rock, alternative metal, stoner rock, psychedelic rock, sludge metal, southern rock. So, you know, really running the gamut. Of, yeah, yeah. Um, of various different styles. Right. Um, so before we move on and, and get into reviews, um, Aaron, do you want to take us through this was released in 2006? What was the metal world looking like in 2006? Yeah, sure. Um, based on my research, we've got um, new bands, we've got reformed and disbandments. Uh, new bands. It looks like the only ones that I recognized were Whitechapel and Five Finger Death Punch. Mm-hmm. Uh, not completely fluent on those bands' uh, work and discography, but I know that uh, 
the White Chapel does some some pretty good work, and the fans are pretty diehard for Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah, and what bring they bring to the table? From what I've heard uh, of their songs, uh, it's pretty damn good and straightforward. I just don't think I've ever really gone down that avenue and, and picked up on them. Reformed in 2006. Uh, you'll like this one, Allison Chains. They found a new singer, Willem, Will, William Duvall. Yep. Yep. So disbandments um, of note. Um, black metal band I'm a fan of growing up with in college. Dissection disbanded. Fear Factory um, uh, disbanded. System of a Down disbanded. Uh, big news Slayer did did their 10th album, Christ Illusion, which is fucking solid. Yep. Slipknot went on hiatus for solo projects. Uh, Igor of the Cavalera Brothers leaves, leaves Sepultura. That's big news. Releases that year, uh, Bleeding Through. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Bleeding Through. I've, I've, uh, my brother was a big fan of them, but I've never really sat down and listened to them, to be honest. Yeah, they were like, a, I think it's Orange County, California. They, they were one of these like genre-bending, like hardcore, metalcore, metal. Like, it's good. Um, In Flames released an album. Uh, Catatonia released an album. Sepultura released uh, an album. That in flames must have been the the follow up to um, soundtrack to your escape, right? Come clarity, correct. Come clarity um, for Sepultura. It was Dante, the eleventh. Okay. Are you familiar with that one? Not really. You know, a, a lot of um, I'm probably like quite a few Sepultura fans out there. I love the earlier stuff with Max, but you know, after yeah. he, after he left the band, I kind of dropped off. Um, Sure. Quite a bit. Um, I'm a big Catatonia fan personally. Swedish, um, Swedish metal band, kind of gothic. Uh, the Great Cold Distance. That album was a masterpiece. They put out an album recently that I saw got really good reviews. I was going to check it out because I've never sat down and listened to that band at all. Yeah, they actually just released an album this month, I think, and I listened to it just yesterday. It's, it's so so my opinion, but. We can, we can talk about that offline. <laughs> so Bleeding Through, In Flames, Catatonia, Sepultura. There's a band called Scar Symmetry that I never knew about until my old college roommate uh, turned me on to it. Scar Symmetry released an album called Pitch Black, Pitch Black Progress. I've, I bought that album back in the day. And it is, I'm just going to use someone's review to describe it because I have to call it out because it, you talk about mixing of genres and styles. Pitch Black Progress, quote, praised, this album was praised for, quote, the uncompromisingly extreme, hard to soft dynamics and accompanying remarkably accessible sing and grunt along choruses. Yeah. That album is, is exactly that. It's, it's, it's borderline poppy, catchy, melodic, but it's heavy as fucking hell. Yeah. At the same time, it's got a real from from if memory serves correctly, it's got a real European yeah. flair to it, hasn't it? It's got like yeah, you know, I need to go back and listen to that because I can remember buying that. I think it came out to America on holiday and picked that up. I can't remember why I got into it in the first place, but I remember it being a pretty decent album. 
Oh yeah, it came on recommendation, and I it's it's an album that I guarantee, or at least I hope, you can revisit um, tomorrow, and you'll yeah. you'll understand that it's good. Yeah, uh, Enslaved uh, released an, uh, uh, another critically acclaimed album. Uh, Behemoth released a box set. There's a band called Ag- Agaloc, Ashes Against the Grain. That album hit me like a tidal wave. That's another good one. Uh, I mentioned the Slayer, Christ Illusion. Yeah. Uh, Deicide, another veteran, released an album. Lamb of God released Sacrament. Uh, apparently, Iron Maiden released an album. Hatebreed. Mastodon released Blood Mountain, massive album. Black Label Society released an album. Mm-hmm. Hell of a year. Um, Viking metal giants Amana Marth released with Odin on our, uh, with Odin on our side masterpiece. Very, very nice. Trivium released an album. Silosis released an EP called Casting Shadows. Yeah, um, we're fans of them. The Haunted released an album. Another another heavy band that's underrated. Arsis released an album. The Faceless. Rammstein. <laughs> the Simon. Yeah, and Kill Switch Engage. So, um, some pretty big, big names dropping, dropping albums. Yeah, absolutely. In 2006, and I'm probably leaving out some big ones, but who knows? You, you are, mate. Because um, I had a little look, <laughs> I had a little look as well, <clears throat> just for a few that um, I remember at the time. Uh, a band called The Sword. Don't know if you've ever checked them out. They're kind of proggy, kind of stonerish. Um, yeah, yep. I know. I definitely know who they are. I've never gone down that rabbit hole. They released Age of Winters, which is mm. a good album. Um, Tool released Ten Thousand Days, so that's a that's a big one. The last one to be released. Oh, it's right before. in front of me. I'm, you're right. I'm looking at it. It's right in front of me. <laughs> Christina will kill you for that. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of the yeah, you, you mentioned this before, but the Haunted released the Dead Eye, which uh-huh. was which was a good album from that year as well. Yeah. Awesome. That's 2006. Some good albums released that year. Right. Um, so moving on, I just wanted to uh, spend a little bit of time looking at some reviews for for Suck Out the Poison. And I don't know if you um, had a little look at any reviews at all and did a little bit of research that way. What I've, what I've done is I've basically, I, I've got one one really good review that I wanted to read a fair bit out of. And then there's a couple of points of criticism so we can get like the, the pros and the cons. Yeah. Um, and we kind of discuss them there. So the, the positive review comes from Blabbermouth, which gives it an 8.5 out of 10. And there's some really nice stuff in here that I wanted to get your take on. So it starts with the first thing that strikes you about his legend is the unexpected sound of Skylar Croom's melodic vocals, a little hoarse, kind of bluesy, he doesn't sound a damn thing like you'd expect a modern metal singer to. And, you know, I don't know if you remember this from the, uh, from the show that we went to and in, when they were in support of While She Sleeps, but yeah. he's definitely got something different about him that kind of, he, he, does, he does kind of weirdly feel like he's uh, kind of Black Crow's Aerosmith kind of, got that kind of swagger, that kind of bluesy nature to him, which is it's interesting when you kind of throw that into the mix of, 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 uh, of, uh, of, of more of a metal band at times. So. Yeah, yeah. 
But then this, you know, this review kind of sums up a lot of the things that I think we've already talked about. But musically, they're hard to nail down too. There are a few mm. moments of shrug-worthy metalcore chunk. Sure, but there's a lot of straightforward rock and roll here. Two of the few southern frills, some riffy sections that just flat out jam, and enough bits and pieces of the best aspects of the last decade of rock to make Suck Out, a po- suck out the Poison as much history lesson as record. So I think mm. that's quite interesting because... Yeah, there are so much diverse styles going on in this album. It's all over the place stylistically. Yep. You go. They go on to say one thing's for sure: if you're afraid of a band straying from garden variety hardcore into more quirky and melodic turf, here's legend will positively ruin your day. <laughs> I'm only laugh. I'm only laughing because I'm using that exact same review to uh, defend my review. <laughs> Um, so it, 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 you, you'll be aware of this, but as it ends, call it what you want. But here's legend is just the kind of stylistic mashup we need more of. Absent any next big thing or next new stars on the horizon, they may repackage a hundred influences, but it's done with such panache and obvious enthusiasm. It's close enough to something shiny and new, so as to not matter. Quality stuff. Hey, if uh, who reviewed that? Blabbermouth. Oh, sorry, Keith. It's Keith Bergman of Blabbermouth. Oh, yeah, I didn't have the name down. Well, if he says so, no, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> right, we'll, we'll get to your thoughts in a bit, mate, because I feel like you may want to pick apart oh, yeah. what I just said there. Um, let's let's uh, assess the other side, the criticism. Um, yeah. So I've just got two reference points for this. This The first one comes from Metal Sucks, and it's actually from a review of the one of their follow-up albums, which was called Few. No, mm-hmm. sorry. Um, it Hates You was the follow-up to this album. Yeah. So this review, um, this this paragraph comes from that review, and it's, it, it goes, Suck Out the Poison was more easily characterized by its failures from freehand, impactless production by a bewildered Steve Everts to singer, to singer Skylar Croom's most aggravating collection of overall imagery and affected rasping. Gone was the crisp, shimmery, here's legend sound, and in its place lay a coil of turds. Wow! It gets worse. This raped corpse of I am legend, uh, I am Hollywood, sorry, an avenging of its immediacy and neatness with corny southern rockisms, petulant croaking, and cardboard dynamics. So, I mean, it's fair to, I think it's fair to say that this album didn't, you know, appeal to everybody. Yeah, yeah. But most albums like this that come along where a band changes their style a bit tend to have this kind of reaction. We've had this before with a number of different albums that we've reviewed. Sure, sure. I guess I guess I guess just to just to preface and defend myself, I'm I'm coming in with, with virgin ears, man. I don't know before or after. So I'm 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 reviewing this in a silo in a vacuum. Well, you know, that's pretty much the same way that I came into this album as well. Like I said, it was the first one that kind of... Yeah. So I didn't know them before this. And when I yeah. listened when I listened to the previous album, it, you know, it, weirdly, there are bands, you know, this, this whole process of listening to this album mm-hmm. has made me think, like, why don't I listen to this band more? Because I actually like everything that they've put out pretty much. Um, but this album definitely, you know, for me, I, I feel like it's it's... It's more to my taste than the previous one. But, you know, if you came into it on that, then... Sure. 
Uh, one final bit of criticism came from Metal Music Archives. I hear nothing on this album that makes us stand out from the hordes of easy listening, emo-tinged metalcore acts out there. I'm not saying this is necessarily bad music, but personally, I have a hard time enjoying it. The music comes off completely generic and the vocals are even more so. There are elements from Southern rock and stoner rock in the music too, but when it comes down to a categorization, I'd label the music on the album Metalcore. Not sure about that. Um, with a total playing time of 56 minutes and 54 seconds, the album is too long. Had they cut it at least 15 minutes, I think the album would have been better. What do you make to that? Um, it it pretty much sums up my sentiment, and it's it's it's. I mean, we're gonna talk about this for another. I don't know how much longer, but I, I I've got my my opinions. But the reviews, for better or for worse, the reviews sum it up. And that 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 particular review that you just read sums up my opinion. The it's in 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 summation, in the most minimal amount of words. I agree 100%. It's not necessarily bad, because I just wrote this down. It's not necessarily bad. I just can't enjoy it. Fair enough. In other words, and we'll get into this, the guy can sing, the production's great, uh, the musicians know how to play their instruments. It's just uncanny. I've played this album three times, and I just, I'm not into it whatsoever. It hasn't moved. It hasn't moved the meter at all. It's just like, oh, that's interesting, mate. Because I thought, um, I mean, I could, you know, it's obviously a subjective thing, but this may actually end up being one of the albums that we are completely on the polar opposite oh, end, yeah. of, end of the spectrum for. Yeah, that's the point of doing this, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, you might like this because this was the final piece of that review, which that, I that review out. nailed it. Not necessarily bad just can't enjoy it and i like i said i've played it over and over i'm like and, I, and i'll i'll unpack all that as we as we get through the review absolutely well, check this out because i don't agree with this one bit but it's funny anyway to my ears this is music made for teenagers and i dare you to find one person over 20 who enjoys this album well i'm almost 34 and i think this album's great so there you go okay. you uh, found me yeah, there you go. It's totally subjective, and that's it's yeah, it's why we do this. So let's get into it. Let's have a look at the uh, album artwork. <laughs> yes, let's please. All right. Um, so give me a give me a top line. What do you think? All right. All right. So, um, so I'm looking at the album art. And it's a photograph of some stairs. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> enough said, I suppose. Enough said that pretty much kind of sums up visually what that review just said. It's not, maybe these stairs have some significance. I don't fucking know. Maybe someone fell down them when they were drunk. Maybe they drank beers on them or got high as teenagers, but it's 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 this extreme, like almost fisheye lens hard perspective from the bottom of a really long uh, set of stairs that might be 
in a in a park in Wilmington, North Carolina. I don't fucking know. But then the yeah. framework around it is is directly hijacked from uh 1960s, 70s hippie culture. And he is legend as a fan of typography. I love the typography. Yeah, it's, same. It's it's completely it's total it's there's nothing else to say. It's hippie culture. Like yeah. it's total hippie culture. He is legend. It's borderline illegible uh, as a fan of graffiti and typography. Uh, it's, it's a discoverable moment. You have to really strain to, to, to find what, what characters are being used and what it's saying. And it's, he is legend. And it's like a, it might as well be like a Crosby stills and Ash album cover from like 1968. I don't fucking yeah. know. And as far as subject matter goes, it might as well be like watching paint dry. It's a fucking staircase. Yeah. Don't and then and then the title is Suck Out the Poison. No connection to the title whatsoever. There's not a snake in sight. It's literally uh for our listeners, it's literally a photograph of some stairs. I mean, yeah, to 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 be really blunt, I mean uh, you you will have picked up this, I guess, when you were going through the album, but there is like a almost like a, a weird sort of fairy tale aspect to the songwriting. So yep. Yep. all I can assume is that this is supposed to be related to that, but I can't I can't quite get my head around the 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 choice of the the stair set. It it it, it kind of reminds me of like an amateur band that are kind of like out there doing like a photo shoot and they're like, Hey, we'd look really cool if we're by this like old, like decrepit stair set. But it's, it's, it's very, it's very weird and it's very forgettable. And, you know, you mentioned, I, I like the type as well. I think it's pretty cool, but the thing that I don't really like about this band, um, and this is a personal thing, but they're one of these bands that changes their logo every single album. Yeah. And, you know, lost a little bit lost as, you know, as, as two people that work in the design industry, obviously that kind of rattles our cages because you kind of think of like, you know, the, the band logo being something that, you know, should be iconic and should be something that people go, Oh yeah. You know, you could draw the Metallica logo right now, but that's not, the be all and end all. I just think no, that it's but consistency. It, consistency helps. Yeah, and that's a that's a personal choice. I mean, yeah, you absolutely you hit the nail on the head with like it is just a pastiche of albums from a particular time period, and um, I, you know, I think I think for that reason alone, it and it does kind of follow with a few of the stylistic choices they made, like with the the music, but it doesn't really give it any sense of authenticity. And I don't really know what's supposed to be communicated here. Oh, well said. Authenticity. Let's just put it this way. I'm going to, I'm going to jump the gun here and give my rating. Give it. Um, if we're going to give it a hell man, we scoring out of five or 10. 10. That's what I thought. I'm going to give this a six. If they were in the goddamn photo, it would jump to an eight yeah give it something interesting I like i like yeah like just for the typography it gets like a six but then you look at what the uh the focal point is uh the hero 
the focal point is the photography and you're like stairs (laughs) it's so true (laughs) where where's the band like maybe a drumstick or a snake something something connected to the word legend to poison sucking snakes like any of the subject matter i mean anything anything i presume there is a hidden there is a a meaning behind this that we just are not privy to but and it's that's, not, and that's it's, unfortunately where it become pretentious and we'll we'll we'll, yeah. we'll get into that later i mean i'm actually gonna go one worse than you and this i'm gonna give this a five out of ten because oh wow as much as i like I, the yeah 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 as much as I like the type, I think everything we just said, it feels like a past station. It's just forgettable and pretty, like, yeah, bland. Like, I mean, you, you said it straight away. It's, it's some stairs. Yeah. Well, we do, we, we're not reviewing all their albums, but it's not really their forte. No. Just the, say that. The latest one, the White Bat front cover is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Like let's I said, say, let's just say the other ones, another one involves an ostrich. Yeah, exactly. All right, mate. Well, let's get into the the meat of the discussion. And um, why don't you kick us off with some top line thoughts about the album? Sure. Um, well, I'll use. I'll use the blabbermouth review as a jump off because I think it's interesting just from a general perspective, a general social perspective, how things can be interpreted. And so the blabbermouth review gave it like an eight, eight and a half out of 10 positive review. And you just use that as your jump off. Mm-hmm. But it's exactly why, um, I would give the album a little more scrutiny or a less favored review because the the second paragraph, one thing is for sure, quote, one thing is for sure, if you're afraid of a band straying from garden variety hardcore into more, quote, quirky and melodic turf, he is legend will positively ruin your day. The band hasn't ruined my day, but that is dead on. And it's ironic that he knows that when he writes this, because again, I guess it's just subjective and people can be torn. You obviously like this album and want to review it, but it hasn't, the only word I can use, it hasn't moved the meter for me. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is deaf to use it. I'm going to use his own words against him. It's quirky. It's melodic. He called it melodic turf. Uh, he said the title track is practically gift wrapped, a, a gift wrapped Christmas present for modern rock radio. Yeah. With big sing along hooks and expansive, expansive wide open chords. Think somewhere between Cave In and Foo Fighters, comma, seriously. <laughs> I'm just going to call this, I'm just going to call this guy out. If he's saying that in the review, he cannot give it an eight, eight and a half out of 10 if he has to say seriously, because uh, that's how jarring this album is to me. And again, going back to another review, it's not necessarily bad. 
I just can't enjoy it because it's too jarring. And it's, it's literally throwing in, um, again, using blabbermouth, a fuck quote, a fuckload more influences than your average bands, than your average bunch of knuckleheads. Yeah. And so, um, and then last but not least, this is where, this is the deal breaker for me. And I've got to, we'll go through the lyrics because the lyrics really do it for me. <laughs> um, Kroom's lyrics crouched in nursery rhyme metaphors, metaphors in some sort of quasi concept, a batch of fractured fairy tales. How was that an eight, eight and an 8.5 review? Nur- he's calling them nursery rhyme metaphors in a sort of quasi concept that's a batch of fractured fairy tales. That is that is so fucking dead on. Let we'll get into the lyrics in a minute, but the lyrics are exactly that. They're like nursery rhyme, nursery rhymes. I kind of like that though. <laughs> I I, th- I think um, you know. Let's touch on it now. Um, I bought this album in well, when it around about the time it came out, so you know, about 14 years ago, sure. And and I hadn't actually sat and looked at the lyrics until this week, you know. I've just seriously, ne- seriously? Yeah. yeah, like I. I, I can't. I can't tell you why, mate. To be honest, like it's just something that I've never sat down and done. So you know, in the in the lead up to us doing this podcast, I sat and investigated it, and obviously you get into this um, sort of fairy tale element, and it's not like it's not well known fairy tales like uh, Brothers Grimm. It's more. Uh, yeah, they are. They are. You think? He's seen his lyrics are mirror mirror. He's literally oh. saying mirror, mirror. There's lyrics saying little pig, little pig. It's it's like something for a fucking five-year-old, dude. Mirror, mirror, mirror on the wall. Little pig, little pig, let me in. What I, what, what I mean by that, mate, is it's not he's not telling the story of, you know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. He's using a cadence and a style of writing to tell a bunch of stories, but they're not like well-known fairy tales although there are like references um i grew up with when the three little pigs when the wolf wants to get into the house he goes little pig little pig let me in and they respond not by the hair of my chinny chin chin oh yeah no, i know but he's not he's not telling that story he's just using that line is what i mean you know he's not telling the story of the three sure no of course and, but my point is that's lazy Agree to disagree. <laughs> okay, I, I just, I, I, I think it, it's not trying. It's not trying. It it you can't deny that it strays into very dark territory, though. Like I'll read you out a couple of I'll, I'll I'll read you out a couple of lyrics here that I was like, I was reading them. I was like, this is pretty fucked up, especially when they're delivered. So, go ahead. Fourth track in Mushroom River. Uh huh. 
He says, I watched as he choked and threw up all the ships that had been buried. And the way that he says that on the the um the song, I I don't even really know what the fuck that means, but it it's like it's pretty vivid, dark shit. Um and then China White 2, I can't remember where that comes on the album, sixth or seventh, perhaps. Um, yeah. I am the noises that you hear when you're in bed and I'll be the last face that you see before you're dead. With your father gone and your mum in chains, I have time to sleep in late. And like when that happens on the, when that part comes in on the, the track, I think that's brutal. Father gone and your mum in chains, I have time to sleep in I don't think that's cheesy or, or lazy. I can see your point when it comes to the mirror, mirror and the little pig. And there's even a reference to country roads at one point. I got, yeah, I got notes, dude. I got notes. Yeah. I, I don't know, mate. So like that, I mean, I guess this is where me and you sort of differ because that stuff yeah. doesn't be, doesn't bother me. I go, I go with it. No, sure. And I guess, I guess to give you top line, not only is it the lyrical content that, I'm not on board with. I feel like it's lazy. It's borderline cheesy. I think it's poor songwriting. I think it's, um, I mean, the, the lyrical content is, 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 was poor to me. But then the other thing about this album that, and the word, I'm going to use the word jarring a lot. And you've heard me say this about a lot of hardcore, metalcore, or just genre bending um, parts of metal where it goes from extreme and we could talk male versus female elements of, 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 of the genre. It's like heavy, masculine, chunky, gritty, fucked up lyrics to like almost boy band, like vocals and like clean, melodic, uh, almost cheesy, catchy, melodic, poppy elements. And again, without knowing the history of this band, this album, going back to the review, uh, it's quirky, it's quirky and melodic. I don't think, and this is just me personally, I don't think I'm not a fan of metal that's quirky and melodic. And I think that's why I'm not a fan of Kiss. I'm not a fan of a lot of Iron Maiden or the operatic. Like I think metal is a cathartic uh, diversion and uh, avenue for the darker side of things. And it's therapy in that sense. So when it becomes cheesy, clean, boy band, poppy, and, um, and again, the fact that they threw in all these different genres really threw me for a loop because it went from sounding Southern and bluesy and again, it's not a bad album because there's a lot of good grooves. And it went from being like gritty, groovy, twangy, gritty, and almost punk rocky to like it would just shift to like cock rock, pop rock, almost boy band level uh, on the audio. And so you went from being like, <clears throat> like just growling vicious met typical metal things you would expect to like uh 
to, again, going back to the reviews, it's like, is it Foo Fighters or Smashing Pumpkins? Mm -hmm. And I can't, I can't deal with being pushed and pulled in that way mentally or sonically. And so if some people like that, that's fine. But I found it very um, jarring mm-hmm. to go from, to transition from stuff that I, I grew up listening to and I'm familiar with to, to borderline catchy poppy. Um, and they're, they're self-admitted. I was reading reviews. They, they didn't want to do that traditional stuff. They wanted to be, they wanted to be catchy and poppy. They wanted to be borderline rock album. Um, but I'll just, I'll just put a bow on it. What ends up, what ends up happening is it simply doesn't mix. And although I'm not an expert on what sounds good musically or sonically, but it's like oil and vinegar, the two don't mix. So to go from, and it's very difficult to do. We've had discussions about this to go from, um, one level of cleanliness to dirty vocals, whether it's vocals or instrumentals, has to have either some sort of transition, some sort of crescendo. I'm trying to use musical terms, but there's like throughout this whole album, there's uh, lyrics, 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 and then it breaks into the chorus and it's just completely clean. And you're like, it sounds like a completely different band almost within like one one bar one measure okay look, well, let me challenge you on that because uh, we've had we've had this discussion a number of times already and one band that you have um talked about before that you actually that you praise for this this very for doing it well um or in my opinion for doing for doing something jarring is fallujah Right, you know, a band that kind of goes from the super heavy to like the almost like yes, yes, like uh, uh, like folk music at times. So, what, what, why do you think that a band like that it, you can get on board with that, but you can't appreciate it here? That's a great question. Um, to go back to my to my comments earlier, there's a build up, there's a crescendo, there's a gradual. Um, um, build up in other words i wouldn't this is going to be horrible for our listeners but i wouldn't use um copper plate for 10 years on a brand and then all of a sudden switch to comic sans and that's what they do in their song they introduce the song with this southern grit it's groove metal it's got this twang and then the chorus hits and he just starts singing about little pig, little pig in like a clean vocal. Like it, it, it goes from being dirty. They're, they're basically going from a, a dirty metallic sound to a borderline boy band clean vocal in a matter of like a snap of a finger. And I can only imagine being a producer or engineer in, in the recording studio and thinking, what on earth were you thinking? Like you, like you had, you, you had me in your grips with a certain sound and feel. 
and then you just threw it against the wall and abandoned it for something completely different that doesn't flow. It doesn't, for me, it, um, it, it fucks with my eardrums, but not in a good way, if that makes sense. It's, it's, it's a surprise that wasn't expected. And for me, sonically doesn't, um, flow and that's that just comes down to a feeling so well i think that's absolutely fair enough um but i will say that i'm completely the opposite side of the coin which is probably do not come as a surprise to you i actually think that it works um i i will fully fully admit that stylistically it is all over the place and sometimes it works better than others you know there are some songs on the album where you know for me, it does get a little bit too cheesy poppy at times. But to me, I kind of just think I kind of go with all of the different ups and downs that sure. they they introduce. It's it is a to me, it is a um, you know, it does tiptoe the line between uh, it, it's it's got the heaviness of of a metal band, but it has the fun and the swagger of a rock and roll band. So I, I like the energy that that creates. And I think that, to me, the reason why it works is actually down to the performance of the lead singer. And, you know, this is probably where we differ as sure. well. But I think he is, I do think that he is what one of the, if not the best part of this album. Because I think that... He, one thing that you can't deny, whether you like it or not, is that the guy has got quite a unique style and a diverse range. He can do, like, I think the way that he blends between the screaming and the singing, almost within the same breath, like the same breath at times, I think is really, really uh, interesting. And, um, you know, I've already, I already said that I quite like the lyric writing on this, on this uh, album, but I just, I think that his voice and the swagger and his style helps to knit together quite a lot of the different parts. And I, I, you know, I really appreciate his performance on this album. I think it's fantastic. No, that's clear. I mean, that's, I mean, you watch some of their videos and live performances. Uh, the entire band is total metalheads headbanging and just riffing and just literally banging their heads. And he's up there doing like a, um, a like Mick a Jagger. Mick Jagger, you know, gun GNR, like, like he's in his own world. And then you see interviews and he's, he's just in his own world. And it's like, well, what's going on here, man? I, I, and, and for me, it, again, as a, as a fan of, of, of mixing things up, I think this is a band for me that's doing too much because the album mm -hmm. is, is hippie culture. It's, it's, it's not authentic. It's a fucking photo of stairs. It, it sounds like a rock album. Sometimes it sounds like a punk album. They do have a good groove. They, you know, I lived in North Carolina for four years. They're from Wilmington. They harness that North Carolina Southern twang. They talk about fucking witches. <laughs> I'm surprised they don't talk about pirates. Um, they bring in the blues and the country and the twang, but to me, at the end of the day, it's like oil and vinegar. No, putting all this in a pot, it does not mix for me. And as much as they strain at every nerve to, to make it work, 
it it just really feels like oil and vinegar to me. It's not it's not working. And you can hear the fact that they're very talented. He can sing. The drummer is great. The production's great. The guitarists are great. They're they're lovers of all kinds of music. But what but what yeah. they put together just to me personally just feels awkward and I can't I can't enjoy it. It's it's not bad. I just I can't like I've played the album three or four times and I'm I've got my favorite songs, but at the end of the day, this is probably an album you and I are gonna be completely divided on. That's cool. That's cool. We can't like yeah. everything yeah. together. And, and we're we're due for one of these. All right. Well, you know, stop breaking my heart and give me something that you like about the album, please. <laughs> well, um on my notes, I've got um they say the best for last. The um mm-hmm. parentheses, parentheses, parentheses loud. Yeah. Um the last song is my favorite. And you know, true to form, they're they're using some cliches. Crossing the path of a black cat. Yeah, it's all superstition, isn't it? I mean, come on, man. We we learned that in fourth grade. Don't don't cross the path of a black cat. But no, he 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 <laughs> he's blind. He's a blind man, and he can't see the path of the black cat. So it's it's even oh, it's even dude, deeper. Though. But if listen, if there's one. If if there's a strength of this band that I can give a total shout out to is the level of groove. And that's that's I think what you're ultimately, I dare say, you uh personally are attracted to is the level of groove that's inherent in bands like Pantera and um Down and that southern groove. Yeah. And it's so fucking, it's just groovy as fuck. It's catchy as fuck. Uh, it's it's addictive. Um, and so that last track, parentheses, parentheses, loud, whatever, it's um, it's great, but it encapsulates everything they're about. Cliche lyrics about black cats. Um, and then boom, the chorus hits. It's a jarring, clean vocal, just, just clean. It might as well be Justin Timberlake singing on the vocals, um, but the the guitars are groovy as hell, and that that's my my lead track for for number one. But you must you must enjoy that vocal delivery on the verse because that that's down as one of yes. my highlights yes. as well. I, I think the the riff is my favorite on the album. I think, like you said, the groove is great and the the way that he delivers the I'm a blind man in a dark room I'm a blind man in a dark room and I'm searching for that black cat I gotta move before he moves cause I think he's broke by every path the black cat but I can't see the path yeah yeah, and then you're right. There's walking over graves. There's mirror, mirror on the wall. There's number thirteen. But you must have hated it when the female vocals came in. No, right? I mean, listen. Like I said, this band is obviously throwing everything into the pot in the kitchen sink. They're like, let's do a hippie album cover with a boring stare photo with lyrics about little pigs and black cats and witches 
and snakes and uh, living broomsticks by the bedside because my ex-girlfriend was a witch. It's just like, really? All good. No, man. it's all good. All um, good. <laughs> but I mean, you know, weird that we would disagree on this, but that the only part about that song that I don't actually like is the Christina Aguilera kind of whaley shit that comes in, you know, and it, and it just, it's, it's, I mean, it kind of works, but it goes on for so yeah. long. And like, but you know, that's definitely down as one of my highlights as well. I think it's a, I think it's a great tune. Listen, the other, the other old man saying going through my head is they get an E for effort. They're, they, they definitely get an E for effort. And when you, when you go on YouTube and you do your research online, the fan base is, is dedicated and their, their fans definitely preach that they're underrated. Uh, I wouldn't. They're a bit of a, they're a bit of a cult band. That's for sure. Yeah. And the video you sent me, the, uh, the witch video was just a boring slideshow of photos. And it wasn't until you got to the end, you realized that they were kind of manipulated to showcase the fact that even their own fan base was against them, right? Yeah, yeah, that's why I thought it was quite interesting. And then by the end of it, he didn't give a fuck. And then they're all in, they're all in a cult. And then or through something. through slides, through still photos, the guy was like, the lead singer was like this, this, this. He did some hand motions, and everyone in the audience died. And he just killed the, he killed all of his fans. And I'm like, really? That you just you just massacred all your fans. I think you're being too harsh, mate. There's plenty of bands that behave that kind of way. All right. It, that you know that was the reason I sent you that that video was like it. Uh, I think it's interesting how much they confronted how much how divisive that album was sure, sure, to their sure. fan base. And to me, that's that's a good sign. I always kind of like a band that just follows whatever path they want to and doesn't try and, you know, doesn't try and make everybody happy and just wants to, yeah. you know, express themselves however they choose, however they choose. Not to. sure. I'll just, I'll leave, I'll leave you this because this is, um, this is the last sting I'll give you and I'll leave you to defend it. Because Lyr- I think the lyrics are just absolute garbage. Um, the pot-bellied, um, what is it, the pop? Pop belly goddess. What is wrong with the birds? Oh please, yeah. Please, mm-hmm. Buffy, tell me what it is. Buffy, they don't sing anymore. They took a vow to sing again. When the cow jumps over the moon, everybody listening. He literally said, "When the cow jumps over the moon." Well, well, it's getting late for birds like me. And here's the one that I just, I just. I just, I can't, I can't do this one. My stomach sings, I'll have my words. Last time I checked, your stomach doesn't sing. Is that an analogy for, for singing from your gut? It depends on what you've eaten, mate, I suppose. <laughs> checkers, fuku. Oh, man, your stomach is singing after you've had checkers, that's for sure. Singing all, singing all the high notes. All the low notes, depends yeah, on um, what perspective you have. 
I've, I've, I'll agree with you on that one, dude. Yes, it's one of my least favorites on the album. You know, it's, it's, there's definitely, I think some of the songs really work with that kind of fairy tale imagery. But when he's so um, directly referencing fairy tales that we know. Yeah. Dude, you're from the UK. I'm American. Like, really, Little Pig, Little Pig, Mirror, Mirror, The Cow Jumps Over the Moon. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. It's a little, it's a little too much. I, it, like the lyrics that I, I read you out where he's telling these kind of fucked up stories. Well, you definitely found, you found the most, you found the most fucked up shit, man. You may, you might be darker than I am now. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, all right, dude. Well, let me, let me give you, let me get into defensive mode then because, um, yeah, I'm going to give you, uh, some of the overall highlights that, I like about this album. I mentioned I think that the blend the blend really works, but to me, I I, I don't know whether it's a, a case of the album coming on coming along at a time where I was kind of into a bit more experimentation. I was in more of a hard rock band at the time, living in Newcastle, sure. and so I was kind of open to a little bit more southern rock, as my brother was. We kind of were both kind of flirting with that kind of stuff um and this came along and i've enjoyed the album ever since i think it's really it's not it's not massively groundbreaking i think one of the albums said that one of the reviews said that it's not that they're doing you know they're not doing things that you haven't heard before but i think it is for me i think it is memorable and there are so many for me on the album. There are so many moments that just stick in my head for days after. And I must have listened to this probably five times in the last week. And I don't get bored of it. Yeah. What are your highlights, man? My highlights. One of them was uh, louds, or however you're supposed to say it. Um, but I think the album really kicks off in that first track. Like it makes a, a energetic start, but it's pretty straightforward. There's a there's a very clean catchy chorus, but then immediately as the when the chorus finishes, Dixie Wolf, the first song, Dixie Wolf, okay, yeah, yeah, he screams "Rest in pieces," yeah. uh, and it just comes out of nowhere, and the the delivery I think is brilliant, and then it just kind of it sets the stage. I think that you'd know that this this album could surprise you in a few places. Rest in pieces. definitely about women and or a breakup or females right which is like right yeah whether that's intent whether that's in, uh, intended or not that's a, the the general theme i get from the album you're gonna uh you're not gonna like this but it directly references a track from the previous album mm-hmm. called the seduction you know at the end where he says and he's referencing romeo and juliet so that's why i said you wouldn't like it but he's he says it's really kind of twisted, but it says, Juliet, you know you want it. Remember that right at the end of the first track? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, in, it's, the, same, it's the same lyrics as a track from the previous album. Mm. So it's interesting. Yeah, it is. It's kind of strange. You know you want it. I never worry like 
Um, I think there's some. I think there's some good riffs on the album. I think when we went to see them live re- recently, you could kind of see the the guitarist Adam Tambowers, and you could see that he had yeah, some dude. Real flair to his playing. He, he does a lot of cool stuff. There's there's great grooves. There's great melodies. I just can't believe. I guess if anything, it's it's just it's just just it's it's a for me it's a testament testament to an expression I like to use. Nature is imperfect, and I know this is an ox. It's going to sound confusing, but I almost feel like all the elements are there. It's just not meshing for me. It's not mixing. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it does. Um... Besides the track that you chose, Louds, I do think they saved their best to the to the last here. And um, my other favorite track would be the one that precedes it, Goldie's Torn Locks, which I can imagine <laughs> for obvious reasons you don't dig that one. But um, Come on, dude. Catchiest, catchiest chorus on the album, I think. Um, this one is, like, besides the... Besides the very weird title, Goldie's Torn Locks, and it's playing in that fairy tale <laughs> aspect, this song sounds to me when I've read the lyrics that it's about a kid, a, 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 young, a boy that looks like right. a girl, potentially, whose dad maybe kills his mum, and then he lives on the street doing whatever he can to survive, and whatever he can to survive may be some stuff right. that we don't want to talk about. Um. It's very weird, a very dark subject yeah. matter when you read it that way. But I think it's really catchy and it's got this brilliant sort of offbeat verse. It just kind of, it doesn't feel like it's in time, but it, it does. It's really, really hooky. Um, and then on the pre-chorus, he screams, oh my God, what have I done? And it's just, it's just it's brilliant, man. I really dig that one. That one in the last track definitely saved yeah, the think, best to I last. I think the last track was my favorite, and then my other two were "The Widow of Magnolia" and "Stampede" in the middle of the album. Yeah, I'd like to call out "China White" too again for the lyrics that I picked out before. I just think it's that's probably the I darkest couldn't decide track what the, the album. Like all the lyrics are about gardening. What 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 does that even mean? What yeah. What? I, I'm your gardener. No, I've got no idea. I've got no idea. All I can, like, you know, the lyrics I read you out, you know, I'm the noises that you hear when you're in bed and I'll be the last yeah. face you see before you're dead. I'm like, like, if he's your gardener, is he the one that's buried you? I don't know. But it's, um, that's, you know, that's where, that's where the stylistic choices work for me, where it's like written in riddles so you don't really know what's going on. But where it falls down is when it's directly referencing a mirror mirror on the wall and I personally yeah I agree I personally liked Widow of Magnolia and Stampede because they were the most straightforward songs they were they weren't trying to throw too much into the mix they were straightforward very they were some of the heaviest and chunkier groovier songs and I think the Widow of Magnolia um and I think they did a video for this one. The Widow of Magnolia for me was 
competes with the last track because I think it captured um, the essence of what they're best at doing, which is bluesy, southern rock slash metal, um, but then also hijacking and stealing or borrowing from like riddles. And I think that's that's the song. My notes, my notes tell me that's where they use the. Uh, um, Sorry, Stampede is where they hijack Country Road. But the Widow of Magnolia also, um, I think part of the chorus is coming home. Again, that's just atypical southern rock country road coming home want to be home down on the down on the farm down on the home and again i have a i have a a little bias that you may not know about because i lived in north carolina i lived in fayette fayetteville as we called it fayetteville which is a good probably only an hour or so from wilmington so i know north carolina culture very well it's um it's just something that's inherent to that part of the country. Granted, I dare say you you may you may know more than I give you credit because when you're from the north of England, there's a certain stereotype. It's funny. It's funny. It's the south in the U.S. and it's the north in England, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, that widow of Magnolia, though, mate. I don't know if you picked up on this, but that seems to be about a sailor that dies at sea and his wife is expecting yeah. him to come home. And then it's like, yeah, I mean, that's, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. I think that song is kind of, again, to sort of, to what I was talking about, China White too. That's where the, the, con- the conceptual area works for me, where it's like, I don't, I, I quite like hearing the, you know, it's, you can get bored of hearing people sing about their sure, own personal sure. lives. And sometimes it's, it's, sometimes it's nice to hear somebody talk about like a, a story. You just got to do it in a way that doesn't like, doesn't sound like you're just retelling a story that people already know, like three, like three <laughs> <or> <laughs> little pig, little pig. Well, listen, man, there, you know? there's definitely some of that going on, but I, I, uh, that's what's fun about these these podcasts is I gotta I gotta come clean with with my own personal bias because again, growing up in North Carolina, um, it was it was one of the times I, I I did live in the United States and I did get some some history drilled into me like I know North Carolina state flag flower bird I know the history of the Outer Banks where the pirates the history of pirates lived. I know the history of the Salem witch trials, which which happened uh, in North Carolina. So there's a lot of rich history that he's he's playing upon. So I give him credit for that. And and again, I have this own personal bias knowing about that already. That I I personally found it kind of cheesy, but for for someone outside of that circle, um, I could see how that could be alluring or interesting. And I can't. I got to just curb myself. I can't be an asshole and just 
you know, let people relish in it for what it's worth because it's definitely interesting. You know, the, you know, the history of pirates started in the Outer Banks of North Carolina on the coast. They used to hide in the Outer Banks. The Salem witch trials did happen in North Carolina. Um, you know, so he's talking about if he wants to get literal and talk about broomsticks by the bedside, go go, go for it. <laughs> if you, if your ex girlfriend had a broomstick. Yeah, his ex-girlfriend yeah, could have yeah, been a witch. Yeah. You just don't know. So, anyway, let's let's wrap it up. Give me your rating out of ten. I was gonna give it a six, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm gonna go with a seven. Oh, fucking hell, yeah, man! Yeah, I was gonna go I with thought. a six before before we did this, uh, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm gonna go with a seven just because. Um, you see me cry. You no, see me ha- no, That's no, 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 you know, I love you, brother, but I'm going to give you my brutal honesty no matter what. But this comes down to, like I said earlier, E for effort. These guys get, get um, a ton of respect for their effort for trying and just doing something new. And whether I like it or not, it doesn't matter. Um, they're throwing everything into the pot. Um, I guess I'm just from a different school where, you know, pick, pick maybe two or three things you're good at and just become a maestro at it. I don't necessarily think you can put everything in the kitchen sink in there. It's rare. You can put everything in the kitchen sink and come up with a masterpiece. And I just feel like going back to, Mm -hmm. again, I'm going to use someone else's words. It's not necessarily bad. I just, I have a hard time enjoying it because it's just too much going on at once. And sonically, mm-hmm. musically, uh, it just feels disjointed, and um, it doesn't mix for me. It's like oil and vinegar. And so, if it were, if it mixes, if it's the salad dressing for you, and 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 and, and thousands <laughs> or millions of other followers and listeners, uh, good for them. But that's my review: is uh, six and a half, seven out of ten for uh, this album. Well. I'll say that I'm pleasantly surprised because I thought you were going to give it five. But um, yeah, I think it's it's clear it's clear by this point that we have different opinions, but this is what's really interesting about doing this. It's like kind of challenging each other to, to, to listen sure. to some different stuff and we're not sure. all just going to agree on it. I'm, give, I'm, I'm giving this, um, I'm nice. giving it a nine. Out of ten, it gets it gets eight and a half online. Yeah, like like I said before, for whatever reason, because I agree with the criticism that you've given it um, to a certain point. For whatever reason, I don't get bored nice. of this one. Um, I think it's a re- I think it's a really fun album. It's it's got so much so many hooks, and you know, like we've had we've had many a chat before. You know that I've never been. Um, uh, too afraid to dabble in a in a good bit of clean melodic yeah. vocals to a certain to a certain point, and I'd agree with you on the track that you pointed out, the pot bellied goddess, that it gets a little hey, bit too stomach, much. Hey, my stomach, my stomach sinks. <laughs> but you know, I I think I I love the the how it ebbs and flows. I love the different styles that they put into it. And I think the performance of the lead singer Skylar Kroom, I think, is is brilliant. So, for me, nine out of ten. And it, you know, I've listened, like I said, I've listened to this album loads this week, and um, 
it's not often when we're reviewing albums that I will like have that much interaction with the album. And uh, it's, you know, it's, I think it'd be interesting for you to check out a few of the albums when yeah. it came after. I would recommend Few from 2017. I think, you know, by that point, you know, the, they definitely still had, like, have a lot of the sort of Southern rock. They kind of moved off in more of that direction, but there's still a heavy amount of metal and punk rock kind of, and I think probably less of the stuff that puts you off yeah. within this album. So it'd be worth you checking sure, out and seeing we'll how you feel about it. Nice one, mate. Well, um, just before we wrap up, um, a little bit of a legacy of the album. I checked out uh, Setlist FM for some of their latest uh, set lists. Um, and this would have been from us from the same tour. I think that we, um, we saw them on from March 3rd of 2020 Amsterdam bar and hall in St. Paul, Minneapolis. Um, they only had an eight song set because obviously they were in support of while she sleeps. They played one track from this album, which was Dixie Wolf, the seduction yep. of, which is the first track of the album. Total songs that they played over their career, the, the third most played track is The Widow of, Widow of Magnolia um, with 72 plays. And another track in the top five that they played um, the most is Attack of the Dungeon Witch, which has had 48 plays. That's their fifth most played track. And finally, out of all the albums they've had, which is six albums, um, Suck Out the Poison has featured the third most out of all their albums with 164 times that songs have been played off that album. So whilst it's divisive, even between me and you, it's definitely had an impact on their set lists and seems to be kind of still heavily featured today. As I mentioned before, they followed up uh, Suck Out the Poison with It Hates You in 2009, which a lot of people would say is their, their really? best album. So, okay. Yeah, might be worth you checking that out. And their le- their recent their most recent album, uh, the White Bat, got a really good review on Banger TV. Yep, I know yeah, you're a course. big fan of that. So, um, I listened to that the other day, and it's 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 a good. Yeah, album I'm on Spotify well. right now, and just to just to put a bow on it, not a single song from this album is on their top top ten most listened popular. So. Top 10. Wow, I saw it wasn't in top five, but yeah, I didn't know it was top 10. One that's, through 10. There's big. not a single song from Suck Out the Poison on the on their top listen song. So, no. Disappointing. It's, 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 your, it's your jam, dude. <laughs> so, here, so here we are. It's yeah, all yeah, good. Another good, rev- another, another good, good, good uh, discussion. So, cheers to that. Oh, no, I loved it, mate. It's, uh, it was really, yeah. really good to go through it again um and uh, i'll wrap it up there but um to everyone listening if you like what you're hearing please remember to rate review and subscribe to the podcast and you can find us on twitter at metal recall pod um, on uh, instagram metal recall podcast and the email address is metal recall podcast at gmail.com if you want to send anything our way um but with that mate i'll say goodbye all right corona edition Bye-bye. See you next time.